Listening to the United States of Oklahoma with Josh Delaney. I am Delaney, and in front of me is Brandon Smith. Hi. Every time I think I'm getting somebody's last name wrong. Was no, that no, right? No, that's right. That's because right. I Brandon did it. Smith. <laughs> I got somebody's name wrong about seven or eight podcasts ago. So now I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to call him by the wrong name. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, Brandon Smith of Dwelling table we're going to get into uh, what dwelling table is here uh in a few minutes i'm really excited this is a topic uh that i've been interested in uh i think since facebook came out and you all started posting your ugly food photos out there and uh, it's just gotten worse with the instagram out there uh i do want to uh share one program note as they used to say we've i have been a little late on posting podcasts lately because uh, in addition to my duties uh, behind the microphone, uh, I also have duties behind the keyboard, and I've been on a couple of assignments the last couple of weeks. One in southeast Oklahoma, and the other one I was covering a trial. So if you want to read some excellent literary nonfiction or journalism or reports, um, you can uh, go to Oklahoman.com and uh, keyword uh, Delaney and meth. And, uh, <laughs> and Delaney and uh, police uh, shooting, and it's all there. Brandon, what's up, man? <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, Taylor doing? Taylor Dickerson? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's doing great. You know, I listened to his episode of your podcast to <laughs> yeah. to do a little homework for, yeah. well, for this. Uh-huh. I think he's doing pretty good based on that. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, He was uh, quite quite the delight there, man. Bust, yeah. Busted me up there. Uh, yeah. People can go back and listen to that and hear his uh, hear his old nickname. Yeah, he's a really uh, <laughs> top notch guy. He is. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah, is I he agree. that way in real life or wasn't all? He's an hilarious. Act? So I've been to a couple of dinner parties with Taylor <laughs> and his wife and our friend Emma, mm-hmm. and uh, man, that guy will have you rolling. <laughs> he's got great <laughs> he stories. Did. Yeah, he had me going there. He's man. an excellent storyteller. Yeah, yeah, he is. So what is? Um, well, let me get let me get the basics out of the way. Where where are you living at these days? Where are you in Oklahoma? I am living downtown. Downtown. Yeah, I live downtown. Now wait a minute. I saw you coming up from the from the south. Are you living down that way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Have I told you this before? No, no. Okay. Uh, my family bought a little home in the neighborhood next to Wheeler, okay. or what will be the Wheeler district. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're living over there. Oh, so that little. I think we did a story on that. Like that new. It's like really relatively new, right? What is that, Wheeler that or Wheeler section? Yeah, yeah it's it's being kind of like right now. East Coast houses or something like that. It's where the uh, Ferris wheel is. Okay, Hence yeah. Wheeler. So we don't live there. I I like to call it um, West Wheeler. So there's West Wheeler, Wheeler, and then there's the little neighborhood next to that, and we live in West Wheeler. Um, West Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, we the bought bad a, side of Wheeler? we bought a little fixer upper, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been living there for two and a half years now. Oh, okay. You come from the other side of the wheel, not I, the other side of the track. Yeah, I'll have to start telling people that. They're like, <laughs> they get me on something where there are all these listeners, and they're like, okay, so what's your address? And I'll yeah. say, I just, I live on the west side of the wheel. West side of the wheel, bro. Yeah, it's new. Nobody's heard about it yet. It's like, oh, it's wow. only the coolest people know about it. I like that. Wow. Yeah. West of wheel. Does that work? Here we go. West of the wheel? Yeah. Right, man, I forgot to do something. Podcasting on live from the corner of Maine and Robinson in downtown Oklahoma City. What so? What is the? <laughs> I know why people are. He didn't say his intro. Um, what is dwelling table? Dwelling table is my. I'm calling it a hospitality media studio. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but what it started out as is a food blog that has morphed into a commercial photography and styling studio. And uh, for food and interiors and all things hospitality related okay so we're talking uh restaurants bars restaurants bars hotels hotels um people's homes people's homes um uh how did you get get into uh uh you know doing this for a living um i'll tell you it was like kind of a wandering around 
a little bit. I mean, um, my background's in marketing, and during one of my jobs, I had gotten really um, burnt out and like just so stressed coming home and not really being able to turn off and and separate myself from stress and yeah um what that led to and and i feel like this is like a uh i i, I say this and it's the absolute truth but i also think it's like almost a little cliche like a, a julie and julia kind of situation mm. but um i started cooking to relieve stress and and to do something creative and there wasn't pressure on it and i could see it you know, started from the beginning to the end, and I could know that I did a good job, mm. and it either tasted good or it was totally gross. <laughs> um, but while I was learning to cook, I stumbled onto food blogs, and this is like circa 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. when like I feel like it was like an age of blogs before Instagram was really yes. a thing, and you would actually go to the website. And I say this in every interview because blogs were really um, formational for me and and where I'm at now. But you would go, and it would be beautiful, uh, like this beautiful design, beautiful photos, um, really thoughtful text. Like, like you could tell somebody really put themselves into this medium. Anyway, so I got into food blogs and was really inspired by the art and the beauty and the creativity in it. And that's really what um, spawned wanting to get into taking food photos, so after I had done marketing for a while, I decided to go freelance, and I bought my nice camera and mm. lens. And, and well, I started out with just a camera body and a single 35-millimeter lens and started taking photos in my home. Well, at that time, it was like this really cool little studio apartment. Mm. But I was cooking, taking photos of it, blogging about it, and really trying to stay up on Instagram as far as, like, posting content of the things I made. And that was the first time that I'd really put myself out there for um, anything that I've created. And that was like connected to me in a creative way of, of something that I feel really passionate about. Um, but yeah, blogging. Yeah. Blogging, what what you don't realize when you're like, I'm going to start a blog. It's a lot of work. Yeah, It is a lot of work. And it's kind of expensive if you are food blogging because you're buying this food, it takes the time to cook it, then, um, you know, if you're just starting out, <clears throat> you're probably just using natural light. So mm-hmm. you're, like, trying to do all this stuff and <laughs> have it all ready to go for mm-hmm. for photography in, like, the peak time of the day when your little tiny apartment gets the <laughs> best light and you don't know much about light modification mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And then you're, um, well, you're writing about it. And hopefully yeah. it's something interesting that, yes. like, somebody would want to come and read. Insightful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that, and then I kind of morphed into doing just more food photography and focusing more on Instagram. And mm-hmm. um, from there, I one of the biggest things that happened to me in my food photography career is that I started working with Edible OKC, and they reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in shooting with them. Um, and so that was um, that was really like one of the first uh, entries into like commercial type of food photography. Mm. So started shooting for them, and then I started picking up other clients. And what was a food blog that kind of sat with these blogs that were, like, way out of date. And, <laughs> and like, I would feel embarrassed if anybody went and looked at. Yeah. Um, Any .nets? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't even know what you're talking about, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I changed my whole website and my whole focus to being more of an online portfolio. Yeah. And then from there, I'm, I've kind of gotten to where I'm at now, um, shooting strictly commercial photography oh, i love it man you know it's kind of I was, I was talking to taylor about that jack fowler about that just that whole process man you want to do something and you got some talent man you just you have to start somewhere you know you do that's that's my biggest piece of advice for anybody who's like i'm thinking about getting into this i'm like get started get started not because like you know you want to rush it or anything but get started because it's going to take some time to get to where you really want to be and like for me, I know when I was first starting, I was thinking like, this, these food photos are so great. I don't know why I'm not getting <laughs> featured. And then now here I am, and I'm like, thank God. Exactly. Nobody picked those food photos up yeah. because they're like light years away from the work that – the way I feel about my work now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I Every now and then I'll go back and I'll look up old 
stories I've written like years ago, and I go, oh god, that was awful. Like that was so cringy, you know. And yeah. now readers today are like, yeah, you're still awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. No, I feel that way. I, I especially about writing. Yeah. I'll go back and and like, you know, my blogs that are archived that you can't get to from mm. like. I was going to ask you. Anywhere. No, 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 no. But uh, I go back and read it, and I'm like, why did I write it like this? And it was like so bloggy sounding, which is is interesting because that's not really my tone of voice. I I actually struggle with it because I am a little bit more Mm matter-of-fact and um, not super fluffy. I – I feel like there's a pressure when you're like writing for masses to have this like bloggy tone of voice. Yes. But the like the truth is I like – I like plain and simple and um, something that, like, somebody is going to understand where the language isn't too fancy and, like, anybody could pick it up and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting uh, about writing. And um, I'm going to ask you something about photography that I hadn't thought of before until you, until you brought up uh, the writing aspect of uh, the blog. But uh, I think it was said like a, a, a beginning novelist will always sound like the last three writers they read. You know, yeah, and, and everybody goes through their Hemingway uh, period, you know, when they're writing. And uh, is is there a f- uh, an equivalent to writer's voice? Is there a is there a photographer's voice or photographers? I don't even know what the word would be. Yeah, <laughs> you, like you their eye, out, a photographer's eye. Photographer's yeah, photographer's eye. I'm going to shoot photos like this guy, and I'm going to shoot photos like her, or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think a little bit because, uh, especially in commercial work, I mean, we are taking into account trends yeah and so there is a part of the the work that you want to be relevant to like what your viewer is like interested in and like what's on trend at the moment Mm -hmm. but also you're trying to balance that with something that's a little bit more timeless to where your client isn't you know the the next year they're like sorry we we shot with all these materials and they're like totally out now we need to redo this Mm. um but yeah i think so i this is like a little bit of a, an intimidating question for me because <laughs> there's really such a balance between um, loving and appreciating the work of people that you really admire mm-hmm. while also drawing this kind of line of like being inspired by that but then creating work that is still um, your own. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I was reading a, uh, like a writing guide. It was a style guide for – uh, journalists. I mean, I, you know, I still read that stuff. It's not like, oh, I've been doing this forever now. I don't need any insights or anything. I still read the stuff. Um, one thing that uh, I've had to be careful of is, okay, these, uh, you know, sure, grammar has rules, but I try to look at them as more like guidelines or, or lines that I can color outside of uh, when, when I need to. Sure. Because otherwise we all start writing the same and sounding the same, and, and I don't want to do that, you know. Yeah, it's it's boring. Exactly. You know, and I think um, for for people who are creating something, um, like the last thing you want is to copy somebody else. I think like in the, the what do they call it, like the long game, like your yeah. end goal is like it, there's so much more time in developing your own style mm-hmm. and being able to run with that and having a something that is unique to you. Yeah, yeah. All right, what the hell is rule of thirds? Oh, gosh. All right, so, like, we were talking about this before um, we were on air or whatever we call it when we're on a podcast. Yeah. On live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unlive. Podcasting unlive. Like you in Unlive. Unlive, yeah, okay. Unlive. Oh. Yeah. I just made up the word. I don't... Oh, okay, yeah, don't so, <laughs> yeah. Um, the rule of thirds. So, so what I want to say before I answer this is that um, I was telling Josh, I don't have like a formal background mm-hmm. in photography. Everything that self-taught. I've learned is, is yeah, self-taught. Which I know you have a few <laughs> feelings about that. Yes, yes, yeah. But I'm um, kind of self-taught though too. The rule of thirds is really like, um, it's like a, a composition theory, and it and it basically helps you understand that like when you're framing and composing an image, it helps for your image to be more interesting. So. If you were, like, imagining a person standing there and they've got this beautiful background or, like, you know, there are trees or there's some some kind of, like, natural framing, um, you would align the image based on this rule of thirds. It's a, it's a grid that you would see ah. on either your, you know, if you're using a phone, you'd see yeah. it on your phone screen. You have an option turned on. Mm-hmm. Or if you're using a DSLR, um, 
and it's what you would use to align, and it helps to create a more compelling image. Okay, got it. We don't have any of those in writing. Yeah, in, you don't have any uh, uh, any theories. Inverted pyramid style. Uh huh. Which that, is okay. So that's for like your basic news story. It's not a. It's not a. Well, yeah. I guess you could do it in a feature, but uh, is that like all your most important information first? And yes. Then? Yeah. So you do your your uh, your who, what, when, where, why, kind of, sorta in the first sentence. So that's called the lead, and then the second sentence is the nut graph. That really gets into the chunk of what the whole story is going to be about. Then you kind of throw in a quote below that, and then you flesh out the details from above, and then you put your least important stuff sort of at the bottom, so this inverted pyramid. Okay. Which I like to obliterate, and it's driven some... your Spe- boss is like Josh. Can I see you in my office, please? <laughs> the folks here have been good. I've had some. I've had some really good editors. Actually, everywhere I've been, I've had really good editors. Uh, yeah, in but, case they're listening to. The in podcast. case they're listening, you guys yeah. have all been so great. Thank you so much for wonderful. Everything. I just yeah. love you all. Um, you know, a couple of you that have flipped me off in the office appreciated that. Uh, Things can get tense. Yeah, they can get a little tense. Uh, but the feature writing, there's uh, a lot more freedom, and there's just ways I like to do things to kind of keep people wanting to. Yeah. keep reading like i like to drop in little clues like and then make people go oh i wonder what that's about and then keep reading yeah doesn't that feel good though like when you the people that you're working for trust you yeah to like kind of pick up your own art direction and yeah. and run with it yeah that's like the thing yeah. that i'm really loving most about having done this for a few years now is more more often now than ever before a client will really let me take the reins on a shoot Mm-hmm. And it feels really good to yes. have a more of a say in the direction that we're going. I'm hearing a lot like, we hired you because we think you're the best, mm-hmm. and we want you to just run with it. Love it, man. I love that. It feels really good. Yeah. yeah. See, if I hired you, I'd be like, uh, I'm the kind of client that I would be like, you know, this is kind of like what I want, but you're the guy, so just do it. And then do you run across clients like that where you have to translate their their lack of vocabulary into oh you, you know the concept they're at least getting at and then you can you can kind of run with it yeah and there are some tools i mean like if i were going to tell somebody who who wants to get into this kind of work um one of the best things that you can do is in pre-production so before you're even shooting is do everything that you possibly can with your client to make sure that you're on the same page and that's the like the number one thing that you need to do up front mm. um I mean, other than like, you know, contracting and deposits and all that kind of, you know, that's the boring stuff. We're not not going to Judge Judy. But um, pay me up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One tool that I use is, um, which I actually think that you've asked me about this before when I referenced it, is mood boards. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't it kind of sound like a very millennial kind of mood board? Like I made up this job as a food photographer and I mood board. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make up the job. And also, I didn't make up mood boarding. But essentially... I think we used to call it brainstorming. Yeah. Well, it's like if you took a brainstorm, okay, and you were to put it into images. Yes. And it's a set of images that really evoke a feeling or a color theory or textures Mm -hmm. or composition, okay, of what you're going to be photographing. That, to me, has been the very best way for me to show a client what I think they're looking for okay. um, and for them to say, oh, yeah, I really like this. Uh, let's run with this. And I kind of I can, I can, know what, um, what kind of props I'm going to need to source if they want me to source props or like how I'm going to direct a set based on what they like it, how I'm going to compose everything. Um, there was something else I wanted to mention about that. Oh, yes, also mood boarding. Mm-hmm. It's a nice way for, like, so if I was working with a chef, okay, which, have you ever met a chef? Uh, yeah, I've met quite a few, and then also those who think they're chefs, but they're not, so. Okay, know. okay, okay. So I don't have anything <laughs> against chefs, but I've known a few chefs to be kind of opinionated. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And so if I'm ever collaborating with a chef or um, a passionate client who maybe they're going to be preparing the food or they're going to be styling it. It's a great way for me to kind of give them an idea for what I'm thinking Mm -hmm. without me really having to say, can you do it like this? Mm -hmm. Or I don't want you to do it how you do it. I want you to do it like Mm -hmm. this other way. I I like the mood board. It gives an an idea without me. It's a better way, yeah. You guys are in there arguing over uh, crouton placements. Those dang croutons. (laughs) 
I could totally see a chef driving you crazy, bro. Yeah. No, no, no. And that, that, that was such Hearing a that blanket statement. Crazy. I really like chefs. And yeah, I really like chefs. I like yeah. passionate people. Yeah. And, and that's one yeah. of the things I like about working with people in food. It's mm-hmm. like a lot of food people are really passionate about what they like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tell you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've been watching this. Uh, we were talking about one of my, my YouTube uh, rabbit hole things earlier. This other one I've gotten into lately, Sam the Cooking Guy. Okay, oh tell me God. about it. I just watched this guy's show. He cooks out in his backyard. He's got a restaurant out in California. Um, he's one of those guys that's naturally kind of funny, whimsical, not trying to be funny. It just cooks the hell out of stuff. Um, and he, he always opens up whatever he's cooking so he, he can, you can see what's inside of it, all the layers and everything like, like that. Like a burger? Yeah. It's just, dude, it's like I'm really a good. sucker for burgers. Oh, I love burgers, dude. Like, um, honestly, anywhere I go, if we're going out, yeah. Unless it's like Mexican food or something like that. Yeah. I'm ordering a burger. You're getting a burger. Yeah. I'm getting a burger. Now, uh, was it called Mood Board? <laughs> or mood Board? Yeah, Mood Board. Yeah, let's try, talk about Mood Board. I'm going to try that with the wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is, all right, here we go. Babe, uh, creating a Mood Board here. We, di- we digress. <laughs> this is my concept. <laughs> um so your your work when you're shooting photos are these going on where all do they go are they going on websites brochures magazines where's your stuff been any of it any of it websites social brochures menus magazines uh when but i will tell you the the way i'm really trying to take my business in in the future is a lot more in the direction of advertising and Mm. editorial kinds of work Mm -hmm. i think mostly because of um I, I like the way the art is expressed in those mediums, and um, there's a lot of room for thought to be really thoughtful and to really curate mm. an image where I don't think you always get that with with menu photography, mm-hmm. um, because with the with the menu, you're it's like the food is there and it's and it's speaking for itself. Mm-hmm. And I like that. But like, um, think of something in like Better Homes and Gardens or like Taste of the South. Yeah. Where you're really playing up the colors and the textures and the props. Mm-hmm. I like that side of the And food. the props. Yeah. 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 Um, now on, I really want to get into this food thing, but on interiors, when, when you're shooting uh, inside, is that uh, more or less of a challenge or how is that different than focusing in on the, on the burger? Yeah. It, well, you're shooting much wider. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, interiors are like the newest kind of photography that I've gotten into. Okay. So I'm I'm truly not an expert on it. Okay. But um, yeah, there we'll there are it. lots of ways that you can do it. I mean, there's ways that where you go into a room and you're lighting it, but there's also ways where you're taking a photo of a room and you're taking multiple exposures, meaning like you take what you think the room looks like you know like naturally mm-hmm. but you're also taking an image or two that are darker and an image or two that are lighter and then you process that in a way where your bright images brighten up the really dark spots mm. or yeah your your bright exposures are brightening up these really dark spots sorry this is getting into like the really nerdy yeah, part it. of it yeah. and Nerds your and your dark the dark exposures that you took are bringing down like the really bright highlights mm-hmm. um like like if you were shooting in a room, but the window it it just looks white because it's so bright. Mm-hmm. It helps to bring um, it helps to bring clarity and color to the window. Okay, I would assume that people's interiors they've already put thought into it as far as mood, what they're trying to communicate to customers. But do you do you have to have the, the conversations with them about? Um, uh, look, what are you, you know? What are you trying to get across with this space? You know, it might be dark, but you're trying to do this bright thing, or your your menu might be this, and yet you're telling me to shoot photography that's going to commu- communicate something else. Oh, like creative that? differences with people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking like, like with the food with stuff, food like, especially. So across the board, like I I have had a I have had a shoot where the mood of the restaurant was. Um, one way yeah and they really wanted the images to look very very different than the mood and that that is hard because like at the end of the day that is a magic trick yeah you know you have this dark romantic kind of environment and you want light bright and airy Mm -hmm. and um sometimes i just want to say like like let your food and your restaurant be what it is yeah and like really sell that because that i think is what people like your restaurant for Mm mm-hmm is that a is that a uh, 
is that a conflict for you like that that a situation exactly like that um for example in in journalism we're not supposed to well we have what we call portrait photography where people sit down for something and they pose for it but generally in news you're not supposed to pose people you're not supposed to at the you know scene of a crime throw a a, a baby doll out on the street to kind of and then shoot it and be like oh this is tragic you know you're not supposed to do that in in that situation do you feel uh, conflicted, like you use the word magic trick. I was kind of kind of fascinated by that. It, it, do you feel like, oh man, I'm being I'm being deceptive to whoever's um, seeing this, or is it this is what the client wants? And it, yeah, it's more like and that's well, what I've been this hired is to what do. The client wants. I mean, I'll I'll you know if I'm giving it to you straight, it's like I still have bills that I've got to pay. Right, I've got right. a wife and two kids at home, mm-hmm. uh, a mortgage, blah blah blah, all this yeah. normal stuff. And so you know the work that you're doing, it's not always like it's not always like the the quote perfect work yeah um but like like a photography gig having to do with food with a client that i really wanted to work with you know despite some of the creative differences it still falls into the same vein of work that i love doing yeah yeah Um, but it, it would just look like a conversation saying like i don't know that i don't know exactly that we're going to be able to give you what you're looking for but we can certainly try to do that yeah i also shoot tethered most of the time when i'm when i'm in a situation like that which means i'm my camera is connected to a a monitor or an ipad where the client is able to review in real time and Mm -hmm. i actually prefer um, at least one representative from my client's company to be present to approve Mm -hmm. images as they're happening I like that because they're able to see in real time and say, like, yes, I like this or no, this isn't working. Let's go with something else. Yeah. And they don't have any surprises. But mm-hmm. on the other side of that, um, I go home and I know they've they've seen everything. Mm-hmm. They've been able to approve it. And there's there's not a chance that they're going to come back and be like, I'm sorry, we really don't like any of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say it spares that back end conversation. Yeah, I like that. And, and clients really like that. Yeah. I was thinking of, uh, you know, my dad painted houses for decades. And I got to tell you, you know, some people pick some ugly colors out. But you know what? It was their house. That's the way they wanted it. Could you imagine painting an entire home and then your client shows up and they're like, oh, wow, this is not going to (laughs) work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What a nightmare. Yeah. There's always one. I might have mentioned this to Amy, who was on the show, interior designer. I don't know. God, it was back in the day where they're doing that a lot of oranges, that that kind of Tuscan style, and this couple wanted wanted kind of this orange thing on their house, and it was so bright. <laughs> we kept my dad kept remixing the paint and dialing it back. Okay, we can get it darker. We can we can do this and that. They loved it, and we drove away like that might have been one of the ugliest things we have ever done. <laughs> sometimes it is, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's just about giving your client what they want yeah. and being able to remove yourself and your yeah. own preferences from the situation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Had, so, yeah, they had this ugly, like, it was kind of like a burnt orange. It, it was kind of like this, like the, like the smokes here, like this pack. Okay, yeah. And then next to him, because of, next to their house, and you know how trends go with any kind of art, they had like it, it was kind of like almost like earth tones back then. Uh, somebody else had like this ugly green color, like right, it, we called it like the like the tomato mm-hmm. the, the soup corner or something. You know, you had your split pea here, and then you had your, <laughs> your the poor porch. people that lived on that street. Oh, it was horrible. And then like when the sunset hit it, because it was in the summertime when we did this, when the sun hit it. Like the colors of the house just like evolved, you know, it goes from like light to like dark, dark, dark. It was it was terrible. Anyway, I uh, you had mentioned like when we had talked uh, in in the uh, uh, story that we had did on the, on the feature that we did on you. I'm fascinated by this when you're talking to clients and you're talking about uh, the, the food photography in, in particular. Uh, you brought up uh, the seasonal aspect of it um, and even the props that you use with and behind the food in terms of uh i guess uh you know we're in fall um so you you might not want to have a bright uh eastery sort of palette uh sure. with the food can you go into that go into that a little bit i was fascinated by that that aspect of it um yeah absolutely so i hope i didn't just answer the question yeah no no no, no 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 i'm i'm that. i'm trying to wrap around because like um so if you were shooting something and you wanted it to be like you know quintessentially fall 
you would bring in elements of fall and you would shoot with a kind of fall color palette or you would play on um, like a color theory where like if you were to have lots of reds and, and oranges and yellows, you would maybe contrast that with like a cool blue color hmm. or you would maybe go um, with like a really monochromatic approach where you're, you're using like um, all very similar colors and your whole set is like orange and red and yellow. Um, but then you would bring in some things like you could maybe use like a rustic wood kind of surface to shoot on. Or um, I'm kind of at a loss because I like to shoot with, I think I have like a, a pretty natural aesthetic as far as like the things I'm using pretty clean, but I like the yeah. texture in raw wood. Mm-hmm. I like using metals. I like marble. Um I like using really neutral a neutral color palette. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you were shooting for, like, a Christmas scene, you would maybe uh, bring in, like, like Christmas kinds of greens, like mm-hmm. pine needles or um, Christmas-looking kinds of decor to mm-hmm. just peek into your scene. I, I think some of that sounds kind of funny, like I'm... Like I'm describing some kind of Martha Stewart-esque <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But um, really, like, what I love about props um, and styling is that it really helps to enhance this this piece of food so that it's not really just a piece of food or a food scene sitting there. It's like um, it's bringing some activity to it mm. and it's bringing context and I think those kinds of things emote a kind of a feeling. You know, if you do like a yeah. really fall-themed shoot, um, it should emote like this kind of cozy thing. Like you almost smell um, like some kind of cinnamony mm-hmm. kind of bread or something like that. Or like you think of fall crisp air. Yeah. Yeah. Brings back all these like good kinds of feelings. Yeah. And some of that stuff can be like, you know, if you have cookies or something like that. Um this is this is funny talking like uh, uh, so detailed about some of this stuff because it, most of it lives in my head or if I'm it. talking to other food people, but it's not yeah. really like um, it's not often that I'm talking to somebody outside of my industry about mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I feel like um, like if you were ta- talking down, to I me. love I don't Are give you me talking wrong. down. To me? I love accountants. Okay. But <laughs> if you were like talking to accountants and they were getting into like Excel spreadsheets or something like that, that's sometimes yeah, yeah. how I feel whenever no, I I'm you. like, you have a plate of cookies. And so like you might enhance it because you would take a bite out of it uh-huh. or you would have like the oven mitt there. Or if yeah. you wanted to bring a piece of humanity to it, you would have like an arm yeah. coming in or, or even better, like some little kid hands because mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. It brings this like nostalgic kind of yeah. kind of feeling. Do you need a hand model? My wife wanted to do that back. She wanted day. to be a hand model. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I yeah, uh, yeah. She, I don't yeah, know anything about offers. that. Usually, it's just somebody on the set that has nice hands. Yeah. At least in my experience. Yeah. But if I was working for somebody that you know did jewelry or something like that, I would maybe source like a professional yeah. hand model. Yeah, get your ugly hand out of here, uh, lady. Uh, yeah, I'm some, the worst. Some pro fingers. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, so, all right, help me out. This is the this is the I'm really doing the podcast because it's like therapy for me and all, okay. I know all my issues with. Oh, humanity. I know where we're going with okay. this. What is up with people's ugly food photos online? Okay, does it drive you crazy the way it drives me crazy? You want to know something? It doesn't have to drive you crazy. I don't actually follow a lot of people who post food. Okay. I, I do I do follow people that post um, no like good people then. commercial food, and I follow some local people who shoot food, but. Honestly, I um, I don't pay much attention to like the the uh, like the iPhone photos. Yeah, and it sounds like I'm knocking it. I'm I'm truly not. I uh, I think it's kind of like you know when you work at a restaurant and after you work there for a while, you don't want to eat the food anymore. <laughs> right. I I don't really pay much attention to people's like iPhone photos of food. Yeah. Um, but I know that there, it. It definitely serves a purpose, especially like in the last year and a half, the local food uh, like Instagram scene yeah. has really blown up where mm-hmm. like every day I'm like, oh, here's a new here's a new grammar that yeah. is like uh, exploring OKC mm-hmm. and like, you know, documenting yeah. the food. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I never take iPhone photos when I'm out to eat. I think mostly because I just am. I'm like, I'm I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm talking about my 
I mean, I'm off of Facebook now. You know, that place that place drove me crazy. But when I was on yeah. there talking about my dopey friends, you know, getting on there with the ugly food photos. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Bro, it I sounds like you've got them, a little man. bit to dish on about the uh, <sighs> about of, the food photos. Well, and even like some like, uh, not even blogs anymore, but like, you know, some, some semi-reputable news sites and people just, it's like, all right, let, let me just, how do you shoot a hamburger where it doesn't look gross? Oh, I love I love hamburgers. Or, I have. Or, if you go on my website, there are it doesn't a few. look like people vomiting on it. Or sure. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Hamburger. How do we? Yeah. Shoot if hamburgers? you go if you go on my website, there are a few hamburgers there. Uh, th- this is dwellingtable.com. Like, yeah, dwellingtable.com. Uh, you can find a burger or two. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> okay. So this is like when I was telling you for you know play up what you've got. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like for the dark and moody restaurant, play up that you're dark and moody. Or if you are light and bright, play that up. You get to be just who you are. With a burger, a burger is kind of messy. That's and it is like gooey, okay? Mm-hmm. Juicy. Get that melted cheese. And that that is something that I like. Yeah, melted cheese, mm-hmm. okay? So for a burger, <laughs> I like that. I want to play it up. I want there to be fries. I want there to be some ketchup. Uh and I don't want it to look like, you know, somebody's hands have been all over it. I want yeah. it to look like you want to just reach out, mm-hmm. grab that burger, and take a bite. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well. Do you lay down underneath the burger? Are we talking angles here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, it's all about lighting. Which, um, okay, so yeah. if, I know you referenced Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I think, are you talking like, you know, are you talking like a while back? Yeah, I, mean, I was just talking like people's random. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think like um, I, think, I think they're humble bragging about something great or somewhere they were eating at, and it's like and you it's maybe like not want to eat there gravy or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know what you're talking too. about. Absolutely. I mean, I think yeah. anybody listening to this is going to be like, oh yeah, I know that one person, and yeah. I always think we want to see that uh, <laughs> pile of gravy. You I was going to say that oatmeal. Dark you know? Oh yeah, oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> everything looks like oatmeal. Yeah. What is that? An oatmeal burger, bro. <laughs> But it is interesting. I think now more than ever with how, um, well, with like the rise of Instagram and how everybody's taking photos now. Oh, God. You see, yeah. you see now, a, a, I think it's a pretty distinct trend where restaurants are actually designing themselves to be much more Instagrammable. Okay. For you to have your Instagram moment. Yeah. And you can tell by the way that they're designing it with the colors and the textures and mm. the art and the vibe. Mm-hmm. It's all meant to be one giant Instagram moment to where you could be in the restaurant at any given time and take a great Instagram photo. And I think that that is something that restaurants, you know, even five, ten years old mm-hmm. um, or older, I think, kind of struggle with because – at the time, it wasn't such a thing to always, you know, pull your phone out and, yeah. and take photos. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, like, you know, when, when Instagram was really first going, I do think there were a lot of really bad photos. But mm-hmm. I think with the way technology has advanced and the way restaurants are, um, like, positioning themselves yeah. for that, yeah, I think the food photos are so much better. Your generation is evil. Oh, You okay. know that? Yeah, tell me why. Because you start a restaurant with, with Instagram in mind, you know? Yeah. Just, just cook me some good hash browns. Yeah, I you know. Uh, well, you know, I do like the hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that. You know, everybody's got what are those lights now? Those Edison lights, those kind of yard lights. They're cool. I need to get me some. Yeah, the, I those don't actually bulby. think that those take very good photos. No, they don't. But you know, everybody's got them though. You know, so I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. Like, hey man, this our concept has to be grammable. Was that a word? Grammable. Grammable. I suppose I said it. So, yeah. But I also, I should tell you, I'm not as deep into all of that as, God. as well, I know people who are like way more into it. Yeah. 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 God. I mean, you can, you can make a, a non-dive dive bar now, I suppose. Like, hey, this is going to look kind of divey. And then, oh, okay, you're, you're going to send me yeah. off on a. But I don't, I also don't think that you have to design a place that is like, you know, totally Instagram focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some like a dive bar. It can just be a dive bar. Okay, that's good. Like at All the right. end of the day, You're giving me that's hope. what you want. You've given me hope. Yeah. Now I have kids that are younger than you, and they're they're what, what do they call them? Uh, Gen Zers. I also don't keep up to date with that. Really. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. so I'm just I'm skipping right over you guys. They're my hope. You know those guys coming up behind you. They're, they're going to bring it back. Yeah, your little brothers and sisters, man. They're they're not big fans of you people. Here we go. <laughs> um, 
props? Do we use props when we take uh, photos? What are some of the some of the tricks? Oh, you might bring a cutting board. You might bring some cutlery. Uh, I really think like a, a, a some kind of linen or a napkin, mm-hmm. a cloth napkin, mm-hmm. can be a really nice addition. Nice, di- nice, nice addition. addition. Nice yeah. addition. Like yeah, that. yeah. You know Sounds what good. I meant. Yeah, I know what you um, meant. I got you, bro. Yeah. I'm talking like you mentioned ketchup earlier. Like, is oh, there fake ketchup? Like food. No, I just use regular ketchup. Regular ketchup. Okay. Yeah. What are Re- some of the the fake looking things? Fake looking things. I mean, they look real, but they're fake. Like okay, the mashed potato. Trick. Oh, good grief! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I was I was saying I knew, earlier. I, see, I really was in here ringing all of the good stuff out. Yeah. Of you. Like I mean, she, this is all being great. Like she forget got the, got me. The sneaky stuff. She she's the one who needs to be on here talking about I know. that stuff. She, I actually, she asked you all the good questions. I'm sitting here like a dope. Yeah. I really don't know uh, a lot of like these hacks. I mean, I did hacks, mention like yeah. like um, using notebook paper and beer can make it foam up, and I, I learned that from the executive chef at Red Rock. Oh wow! Um, what do you do? Stir the notebook? <laughs> you just stick it in. There's a chemical reaction that takes place, Holy and shit. it foams up. Yeah, but like the the mashed potato ice cream kind of thing, I don't really. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should maybe play around with it in case I needed to, but I. Mm-hmm. I usually don't do anything like that. Have you shot ice cream? I have shot ice cream. Is that tough with the uh, lights on and everything? It can be. How many um, gallons of ice cream does somebody need to bring in? To- you know, <laughs> it, I like to, you have to work quick. Yeah. And you really have to be thoughtful about the way you want it. Now, if you were doing like a giant board of ice cream or something like that, mm-hmm. I mean, there would maybe, if you if you weren't using uh, a hack... You would have to be really intentional about the way you do it and keeping it frozen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you shot people eating food, putting it in their mouth? Has anybody ever asked for that? Because mm. people yeah, chewing their people, food is gross. Yeah, I do get a lot of requests for like people call it lifestyle. Okay. That's it. generally when somebody's like, we just want some like lifestyle images. Mm. Um, they're they're kind of asking for something like that. Is that like like fork in the chocolate cake and it's up to the mouth? Yeah, I don't really prefer to get faces. I, yeah. I would I would prefer to be closer to the food with hands in the scene if mm-hmm. there's going to be a human in okay. it. But like, um, okay, so I'm working on this this cookbook project. Okay, it's an heirloom cookbook, and um, it features a bunch of family recipes for my mother in law. Oh, okay. What's uh, is her name? Dot. Karen. Karen. Okay. All right. <laughs> Karen. Okay. So for Karen's cookbook, um, w- what we wanted to do was take this like, oh, if you were going to take that dumpy old fundraiser cookbook mm-hmm. that your your mom or your dad or grandma or whoever mm-hmm. cooked from, like your whole life, you know, it's all stained and it's got that that you know that plastic binding with the fingers yes. and they come out and it looks awful on your bookshelf <laughs> yeah. um, but if you were going to take that and you were going to pair it with beautiful images yeah. and beautiful type in okay. a well-bound book that could be like an heirloom piece nice. we're doing that which i which is something that i want to get into she's helping me shoot this prototype but um there are a lot of things, a lot of images in the book that we shot specifically using her hands. Oh, okay. Um, because it's so personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah. you know, there's a shot I, I love where she's holding, a, like, a platter of cookies. Mm-hmm. And she's got this apron on. And, you know, it's her hands. And it's like, and it's like you know, it serves a purpose now. But also, it's it's kind of leaving this, like, it's like a legacy kind of idea. Like, at some point in the future... That will be such a reference for who she is as yeah. a person and yeah. like what she meant and means to our family. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. man. Is she paying you? No. Well, okay, right, no, Karen. because I talked her into it and she Freeloader. She afforded all the all the food. <laughs> she did all the cooking. You would not believe the amount of prep that went into this project. So are you shooting the food for every single recipe? Yes. Oh my god, dude. But we planned it out. I mean, I mean that sounds like a lot of fun. We've got a little though. system. So part of I, part I of say my talk- oh my god for like fun, like oh that's great. Like, oh oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah yeah. I thought you yeah. meant stressful. No, no I'm it, thinking like it was really fun because. Like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just I like my road trip stories. So if somebody tells me I got to go drive to Yakima today and then write about it. I'm in heaven. Yeah, like, let's go. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, it was Yakima. it was really fun. Yeah. 
Well, when is that wrapping up or how? We just wrapped up shooting the food and then uh, we have one more day of shooting that will be like portraits and mm-hmm. some family family style photos like um, we really want to go with like a Norman Rockwell kind of mm-hmm. thing, which I feel mm-hmm. like uh, it's hard to say because his, his work is so well, it's so magical. Yeah. But that is the kind of feeling that we're hoping to um, translate mm-hmm. in a project like this heirloom cookbook. Yeah. God, yeah. I love that, man. My parents had a Norman Rockwell hanging in the bathroom. It was the three boys who were running away from the swimming hole and some dog was uh, chasing them or something like that. All right. So what's what's Karen's uh, signature uh, recipe? What do you have to have that she makes? Okay. I think she would say they call it strudel. It's like a German strudel, and it's not the dessert strudel. It's like noodles and potatoes and sausage, okay? And it's this quintessential German dish. And I'm not German, but I married into a giant German family. Yeah. Uh, Those people. Anyway, but yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, but uh, that she makes – it was all very, like, familial kinds of food. So Mm -hmm. imagine, like, chocolate chip cookies, no-bake cookies, this classic – classic chocolate cake lasagna um brisket like mm. like all these kinds of things that mm-hmm. the way your mom makes it is so special to you because you've had these dishes a million times mm-hmm. and like you want to remember like for the rest of your life and hopefully like for your children's lives mm-hmm. and and then their kids like the way that your mother made this mm-hmm. or it could be your grandmother yeah. i think about it my um my grandma Smith passed away about a year and a half ago, and um, in a way, she was a little bit of an inspiration for this project because she had this very um, like 1940s or 1950s kitchen. Okay, mm-hmm. pink, mm-hmm. like all pink. Okay, <laughs> like something you would see yeah. in a movie. Yeah, and she had like. Oh, these like bony arthritis <laughs> hands, and she had them for like as long as I could remember. And the way she cut apples was like with the knife. She refused to use like the peeler, mm-hmm. uh, and like her food. And I, she passed away before I really had the chance to do anything like this. But mm-hmm. um, there are things that she made that I never make and I never eat. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to have been able to capture um, her making those things in her home yeah. on the dishes with, you know, her bony hands. Yeah. 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 Good colors in that, yeah. in that photo. Golly, bro. Um, you have probably seen, uh, I mean, Oklahoma City, is a, it's, it's a good, is it a foodie town? It's a good foodie say, town. I, I meant to say, is foodie a word I should use anymore? Or is that uncool? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. Okay. I think so. Yeah, we're, we're you know we're, we're a hip food town. I think, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. So you, you've seen all, uh, well, not all of them, but I mean, like you've seen some of the trends and and stuff like that. Um, what uh, what are some of the the places or the concepts or the types of uh, menus? Let's talk about menus. I don't, I don't want you, you know popping off on any restaurant out there. Uh, what are you seeing that people are doing on their menus um, these days? Oh as gosh, far as food styles and trends and things like that. Wow. What am I seeing on menus? You know, cocktails are really big. Cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. Cocktails are really big. Those are are always. People love cocktails. It's always new, right? They always look different. Yeah. Um, They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I wish I could tell you. I I don't know. It's different per restaurant. Yeah. Are cocktails harder to shoot than food or is there just certain food items that are going to always be hard to shoot or. Yeah. That's also a good question. Yeah. It kind of depends on how it's made. So I wouldn't say okay. cocktails, you know, in themselves are, are necessarily hard to shoot. You know, you get a great cocktail and the, the bartender's done something fancy with the foam and there's like, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of edible flower on top of it or, mm-hmm. you know, a beautiful garnish. Really easy. But like something comes out and it looks like uh, it. This, this is the kind of thing that you really want to hear. Mm-hmm. 
something comes out and it just looks like juice with like pulp <laughs> sitting at the very bottom. It made me and a it Kool-Aid. Looks like, and it looks like, um, like if you've ever had kombucha or something like that, like the, um, the, yeah, the buddy mother might talk or whatever on the time. bottom. Yeah. yeah. It just, uh, hipster that, drink. it's not really pretty. Or like, um, sometimes things that are really flat, like, okay. like really, really, really flat cookies, I okay. think can be kind of hard. I mean, you almost, yeah. you, ha- you would have to shoot them overhead, which isn't, mm-hmm. isn't bad. A flat light is like, yeah. A really popular shot, but um, yeah. So it's not really any kind of food specifically. It's more like the way it comes out and the in the shape that it's in. Okay. You know, I like a thick, chewy mm-hmm. cookie. Okay. Yeah. I like my soft matches. Okay. There what, are you those, go. what are those ones that come in the red pack? Uh, like they, Chips Ahoy? Yeah, not Chips Ahoy. They're that, uh, not Keebler. Okay. They're kind of like a toll they house. They come in the red, red pack. pack. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, they they they, they come in those. Uh, what do they call them? You know, they come in like three lines, you know? Anyway, I eat the entire package. Yeah, you got me thinking about Oreos or something. I know you, it's not Oreos because they have the blue package. No, but I'll I tell you my Oreo trick. Okay. I haven't had some Oreos in a this while. This is an Oreo hack, everybody. <clears throat> I don't dunk my Oreos. I take about 12 of them, throw them in a bowl, and then just throw the milk in there. Oh, okay. Oreo like cer- cereal. cereal. Yeah. yeah. I see. You know they do make an Oreo cereal. Or they really? did. Bastards. Yeah, I don't know if it's still a thing. Stole my concept. Yeah. Well, we were shooting, uh, we had a food issue for our magazine, The Oak. Um, and we were doing uh, bars. I offered to cover bars. And um, Yeah, what a labor. <laughs> yeah. What a, boy, I drank well that week, though, man. I'm uh, sure you did. About 9, 10 o'clock in the morning every day for a straight week. There was a challenge that one photographer had. There was a signature drink that uh, came with a flame, you know, fire or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it, one, it was at a couple different places, and one um, issue that came up was it couldn't quite catch the flame or it wouldn't start or he had to get it at the right part where the smoke was coming up and, and you know. Yeah. Little challenges like that, right? That, that kind of stuff can drive you nuts. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean. Like, damn it. You know. Just smoke. <laughs> it's it's not always a science, and yeah. you know the, you're doing it for the right shot. Yeah. So yeah. if we don't get that, then what was the point? Right. What's the point? Yeah. Are there, uh, you know, when you're talking about the the you know Instagram and everything, uh, it seems like it's um, so much easier now to fool the person looking at the photo because of all these filters and all these different things that go on. Um, but all of that aside, uh, just talking a little old school here, are there some two or three tricks that if people really wanted to take a, a good photo of a plate or a dinner, mm-hmm. um, let's, you know, restaurants, the lighting might be different and all that, but all things being equal, are, are just, are there some basic tricks where people can get a, a decent shot and not gross out people like me? Yeah, absolutely. I, so I feel like this is probably what everybody says, but, um, the best thing you can do is get good light, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, if you're at home, you can be by a window, but you would want to be in indirect light. I mean, you could be in direct light if you were going for like some kind of mood, but most likely you're going to want some indirect light, which would mean you're getting light coming in, but you're not getting those sun, the ray of sun right on your food. Um, but if you did, yeah, let's just start there. So indirect light, and then you would look at it, and if it's and you know if the if the light is just very directional and you're getting all these shadows but you don't want it to be necessarily too moody um like the one of the best things you can do is learn to modify your light Hmm. what i will do is um i'll keep like a piece of foam core okay foam core like it's cheap you can buy it at target or michael's or basically anywhere hobby lobby hobby lobby yeah absolutely you know you know this is not an ad (laughs) but um anyway and you can place that on the side of the food that is opposite the window and it will help bounce light oh, in and okay. it will give you like a, a more well-lit okay. image um if you did have like really harsh light but you were you know in a in a pinch for time and, and you have to get out of the house and go run some errands or something yeah. you could use um like a sheer curtain or like a light filtering curtain mm. Um, over your window to help soften the light. Okay. But but really being able to understand lighting and how um, how to change it, mm-hmm. uh, that's like a, a huge tip. Okay. Okay. Right. Another tip would be understanding composition mm-hmm. and um, 
like using basically everything in your frame to bring attention to your focal point. So it could be like, you know, you have your 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 plate and you know, you're using your rule of thirds or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, which I say that kind of jokingly. That's the only thing I've heard about photography, so I just say it like, uh, yeah, you know, rule of thirds. Well, and I think like, you know, if this is like something you like to do, you like you like start to identify things in your mind yeah. for like this looks good versus this looks bad. But mm-hmm. then like the technical and the theory help you bring words to what that really is. So, mm-hmm. so most likely, if you are somebody who enjoys taking food, you probably already have this idea of like how to take a, what you think is a good food photo mm-hmm. and like the understanding of something like the rule of thirds or modifying light or whatever mm-hmm. helps, you, um, helps you identify that much, much okay. quicker and there's a lot less guesswork yeah. in it. Yeah. But yeah, like framing, like your, maybe your utensils and, and the napkin and, you know, and the window frame in the background or whatever, all of that mm-hmm. is bringing attention to your focal point. Got it. Now, what's the hamburger bun trick? I think you mentioned that to me the before. The hamburger bun trick? The, the bun on the hamburger. Oh, do you, is it, so do you this move isn't it, the case all the time. Back? What's the deal? Yeah, it's not the case all the time, but yeah. sometimes if you want, you know, if you're really wanting to like show off. This is this is hilarious. Somebody out there is going to be like, "What a dummy!" But um, yeah, sometimes if you really Troll. wanted to show off that that burger, you can push the the bun back just a little bit mm-hmm. um, to make to make the inside look a little bit more robust yes. and and show off all those okay all those juicy delicious layers. Yeah, but you, then sometimes a flat you know a flat burger right on top. Yeah, it looks great. I did shoot a burger one time where the bun they wanted the bun to the side. Mm-hmm. So it was like an open-faced burger. Mm. I didn't really like that. I wouldn't okay. recommend that. Yeah. Uh, do you keep a spray bottle with you? You ever spray up the food? Yeah. So like when I get kind of hot, I just mist my face with <laughs> a little bit of water. Is there anything like that though, where you kind of dress up uh, the thing? You know, the celery. Like, Ooh, look! It's refreshing. <laughs> I don't know. Up a little. Yeah. yeah maybe a little bit. Like yeah. it, like fresh fruit or something. You might spritz it. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I do. Uh, I do occasionally with like whipped cream. There oh. is like a, a trick with whipped cream um, using nonfat milk powder that okay. help and powdered sugar, and it helps to stabilize the whipped cream so that it doesn't start melting right away. Okay. Yeah, I should have mentioned that in a hack. Like, <laughs> yeah, hacks. That's hacks. What I said. These food hacks. Yeah. Is it uh, okay if you ever? Uh, you know, like, you know, in journalism, uh, you know, we make a million mistakes a day. Then we got to put a, you know, correction in the paper and, you know, feel awful. Uh, if you ever, I don't want to ask if you public had anything published where you look at it and go, oh my God, I didn't catch that awkward detail that was in there. But do, as you're going through your photos, do you see like, oh no, there's a, there's a fly on the brisket. I hope they didn't um, catch no. that. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not a fly on the brisket because the, I mean, Shame on me if I miss something like that. And then shame on the, you know, the editor uh-huh. or publisher uh, for not catching that. But yeah, but yeah. no, I mean, like at the end of the day, I try to submit um, enough images so that uh, like whoever I'm working for is able to to pick and choose a few from. Okay. Um, we have, we have versus had one like handing over moments, right? two and this is what you get. <laughs> right. Um, I did have an incident where... Um, this was like the first magazine I ever did work with. And it's not, I'm not talking about edible here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I do want to preface that. All right. It was the first magazine I ever did work with. And, um, they wanted, so they, I guess they were in a time crunch and, and this is such a rookie move. If you're out there and you're wanting to get into this kind of work, this is a story of what not to do. <laughs> so I sent over, um, the raw files, like, like for them to preview. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, made them downloadable because they wanted to go ahead and place them and get an idea for the layout mm-hmm. in their magazine. Yep. So did that. Then I went back and I edited the images, turned over the edited images, mm-hmm. and what ended up happening is they didn't update their art file. So they published the magazine with the unedited <laughs> images. And they still looked fine, yeah. but it was my first <laughs> magazine gig. And it was... It was awful. Uh, it was really awful. I know the feeling, man. Yeah. I've, I've had stuff like that in, in the writing world. We just go, oh, God. Yeah. Really? Um, I do think, like, you know, when you're first starting out, you're just wanting to make it. You know? Mm-hmm. You're just wanting to gain a little notoriety. Yeah. Like, get some experience. Say that you've worked with a magazine. Yeah. Um, 
but I think that it, it sometimes that kind of thing makes you afraid to like say no or to draw boundaries. Mm-hmm. And for anybody starting out, I would say like you don't have to feel that way. Like I didn't gain anything by this magazine publishing my unedited images. Mm-hmm. I feel like a dummy that I submitted them in the first place. Mm. And um, yeah. yeah, like like it wasn't though. cool. I didn't tell people about it. I didn't right. want people to know that I had done that. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's one of those uh, baptism by fire things, man. I mean, uh, kind of take your lumps sometimes. And uh, oh god, I remember. I don't know if I've told this story on here before, but uh, this this poor copy editor back in California. I'd sub- the here's the I'm a, I've told people off air or off on live this story before, but my one of my moments <coughs> like that was uh, uh, let's just say it was a wedding type of story. Um, filed the story and another reporter did a follow-up on it and then he comes back into the office and he goes dude those people are pissed at you and i go why he goes the guy wanted to know why you called him a name in the paper and i go what i didn't call anybody a name what happened was a copy editor right before late at night he sent the story to run to print uh on the spell check he hit like all like correct all so what it did is it changed oh, no. everybody's last name to whatever the spell check wanted it to be, changed all of these words within it. I mean, there were phrases like LSD. I forget what I called the guy on accident. It was like Dunderhead or Meathead or something like that. Like, I'm cringing. Oh, God, it was awful. And uh, I had to call up uh, the the pio at this place and uh i said oh my you know i said i don't know what to say i said you know i feel bad for the copy editor i feel bad for the couple and she started laughing she's oh nope they uh they kept it you know they were kind of irritated and then they kind of thought it was hilarious and i said well if they want me to autograph it I can that's <laughs> hilarious it well i'm glad it worked out but yeah i think we've scrubbed that offline as well yeah uh, but it was one of those things like oh bro you made the mistake i didn't he fell bad you know yeah it was terrible but uh you know stuff like that happens i mean i i, I asked you that because my wife has got this thing with uh, boudoir photography and uh is she a photographer she's not uh but she is the subject she uh yeah she's thinking about being the subject there so she's looking around <laughs> at different uh <laughs> we're gonna get her a mood board uh <laughs> wow here we go uh and you know the thing she pointed out to me? She was looking at women in their boudoir photos. I never noticed this before. This is so my wife. Like, she's very feminine. She's very delicate. And, you know, obviously. Obviously sure. beautiful. She noticed women's dirty feet in their photos. You know, that's that's hilarious. That's something that I would think people don't often think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, you know, there's some lady with a sexy pose laying on her belly on a bed. She's got her feet up in the air, and, and they're dirty. Yeah, it looks like she walked over a bed of coals oh, or something. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and my wife will send them to me. We'll just be laughing. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I feel kind of bad, but it's kind of funny. So. Does she email the people and like, hey, just this is a concerned, no, a concerned no, viewer. You yeah. need to make sure that your <laughs> models are wiping their feet off. That's what it was. She's never done that, but I was like, wow, babe, now you got me. Now I can't enjoy anybody's boudoir photos anymore because I'm constantly going to be You're looking, looking at, at the feet. of their feet. This is I, hilarious. I can't not think about it now. Yeah. So, but it's uh, so. What you're saying is you're a pro, you know. And we, you know, we take our lumps, but we're always looking at those details and and uh, you know things like that that other people don't think of. Yeah. You know, can't have a fly in the brisket, man. Yeah, you got to think about the details. <laughs> it pays to be uh, to be very detail oriented. Yeah. You're. Um, I imagine very busy today. Got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you working on you doing some restaurant stuff uh, this month? Some bar stuff? What are you working on? Yeah, I, I um, next week I'm shooting at Mahogany next oh. door. Oh, look at you! And that's that's exciting. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I I really like working with Hal Smith, yeah. and um, yeah, really uh-huh. they're a gem. And then um, a little bit later in the week, I am shooting. A menu for Simple Simon's Pizza. Oh, and where's that going to be in, or where is it? At? It will be in Glenpool, Oklahoma. Glenpool. Glenpool. Where the hell is that? It's up by Tulsa. Is that green? I actually green so, country. So, Are so we in green country? This is this is really funny. They um, 
Oh, I, so you're going to hang out with Taylor. I got, yeah, sure. I actually <laughs> should reach out to him. So I, I was contacted by a marketing company that's working with Simple Simon's Pizza. Yeah, okay. And they're redoing their website. And mm-hmm. they are the ones that got me linked up to do food photography, mm-hmm. which getting getting involved with, with marketing and branding agencies is like, um, it's a great trick. Mm-hmm. Really, if you can do that, you can get some really great work mm. if they like your work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm talking to the the guy at the marketing agency. His name's Jordan. And uh, he's like, okay, yeah, the shoot is going to be – their headquarters is in Glenpool. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yes, like I'm going to fly to another part of the country, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, because this is like um, – they're a franchise and they have – I think whenever I met with them, he mentioned like 180-ish different yeah, locations. Yeah. Um, and this is like Let their it. menu. So, so yeah, I'm like... It almost okay, sounds like wow. England. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, here I am. I'm like, I'm going to England. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was England. But, um, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to feel it out. Yeah, Glenpool, it's it's by yeah. Tulsa. Yeah, you're going up the turnpike, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. I mean, I, I like you were saying, I'm yeah. like, any opportunity to get in my car and go, Yeah, I'm all about it. No, I love that stuff, man. All right, bro. Where where again can people find you online? And and do you do you take do you take work from small timers, or are you just too big for us? Stop. Now? No, I I I do. I uh, uh, anybody that's looking for food photography, please right. uh, feel free to get in contact. You can you can find me at dwellingtable.com or uh, you can hit me up on Instagram at dwellingtable at dwellingtable. All right, man. Good seeing you again. Thanks for coming down. Good to bro. see you too. Thank you for having me. All righty, man. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of the United States of Oklahoma, please subscribe on your favorite podcast publishing platform, Triple P, man, and share with your friends. And if you want to keep up with the latest news in Oklahoma, pick up a digital subscription at Oklahoman.com, where you will get unparalleled coverage of Sooner State politics, sports, breaking news, business, crime and courts, food, music, religion, and a whole lot more, including some of the best photojournalism around. All for $9.99 a month.